Father God, we are so grateful that you have called us to be a part of your mission, that you invite us into what you are doing. We pray, Lord, that you would give us boldness to respond to that invitation. We'll give you more chances to talk to each other, so I hope you do enjoy talking to each other this morning. You are allowed to talk to each other some more. So, uh, like I said at the beginning, my name's Matt. Um, I'm one of the leaders here at Hope City. It's my privilege to get to lead us this morning. And remember um, that Q&A is open throughout the morning. So if anything we say or anything you hear this morning raises questions, we would love to hear those questions and we'd love to respond to them. We'll do that on social media during the week. So do ask away. Slido.com slash Hope City is the way to do that. Now, we exist to multiply disciples. I don't know if you've heard that phrase at all um, before at Hope City. I kind of hope you have, but it's a good, compact summary of what we're about as a church, as our reason for being. Um, There are different opinions on the right name for this. Some gurus call it a a vision. Some people call it a mission. Some people call it a goal. Some people call it the main thing, which is a way of avoiding calling it something, but they're still calling it something. It really doesn't matter. Um, Our purpose, our goal, The important thing is that we're clear on what it is. We're clear as leaders, but we're also clear as a church on what we're here for and what we're about, what we're trying to do. So this Sunday um, is Vision Sunday, and we're going to take a break from our normal practice of walking through the Bible bit by bit, and instead, we're going to take most of our time together to talk about what we're here for, what we're trying to do, to explore what this phrase means, we exist to multiply disciples, why it's so important, and how we're going to go after it as a church. We try and do this just once a year, so if this is your first time with us, it's an odd morning. But you'll know what everything's about afterwards, and that'll be worthwhile. And um, come and see another week as well, because they're quite different. Why do we do this? Because in the busyness of life, uh, in the difficulties and the challenges that it throws at us, it is really easy to lose sight of where we're headed. I mean, imagine this. Imagine you're on a hike. Um, This is Mount Rainier. We used to live uh, for a while in the Pacific Northwest, and it's a beautiful, beautiful mountain. It's a bit epic. I'm not really going to climb Mount Rainier, but imagine, imagine you were going to try and climb that mountain. You can see it clearly on the horizon from miles and miles away, but then on the way, do you see up ahead, there's that forest, and you have to go through that forest, After a while in those woods where you can't always see the peak, where the path is long, where sometimes it's hard and difficult, it's easy just to fall into putting one foot in front of the other, just to keep going wherever you are going, particularly when the going gets tough and the forest is thick and it's hard to know what the next step is. We start to take our eyes off of the peak, off of the destination, and we start putting them on our feet, the next footstep in front of us. And the problem with that is it's really easy, it's really easy to get lost to find yourself going round and round in circles or, or just taking slightly longer steps on the right side than the left and drifting further and further and further away from where you thought you were headed, going to a different place altogether. That's why every now and then we need to stop. We need to climb a tree and take a look around and see, oh, yeah, that's where we were going. That's what we were doing. That's the, that's the point. That's the reason. So we gather our strength and determination and we can get walking again. And that's what we're going to do today. Um, where if you're exploring faith, if you're just visiting with us, well, this is a peek under the covers. It's a peek behind the scenes. So there's no secrets about what we're trying to do. This is the de- demonstration of what we're trying to do and why. And uh, if you're a regular here, I'm hoping together we'll come away with a renewed clarity around what we're trying to do and with a better understanding of how we're going to get there. 
We're going to explore this this morning through a series of conversations because you don't want to hear me talk for that long um, with key leaders in the church. But first, I'm going to give you a quick overview so you can't get rid of me just yet. Let's start at the beginning, okay? We're about three and a half years old as a church. That's not terribly old. It's pretty close to zero, really. But we're part of this movement Jesus started 2,000 years ago with these words. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. That's in Matthew's gospel, 28, 18 to 20. Now, Jesus gave his very first followers this charge, right? The key thing he tells them to do is to go and make disciples. That's the thing they're meant to be about. That's the, the big thing. Now, disciple is a Christian-y word. What does disciple mean? Well, it's a, it's a good question. It's one we can get a bit vague about. It means pupil. Uh, it means apprentice. It means learner. Someone is a disciple of yours if they're trying to learn to live like you do, if they're trying to become like you. That's what it means to be a disciple. It's somebody who intends to follow those leaders' teaching, who intends to come to live in their teacher's actions, to become like them. And that is what we're about. We want to see more and more people become more and more like Jesus. And that is a good thing. Uh, Even if you don't believe much of this stuff, there's a good thing for the world because Jesus teaches us how to live a life that is good, how to bless the world around us, and how to do what is right. Now, that's what we're about. We want people to share that. We talk at the beginning of our gatherings each week about wanting people to share the hope that we have in Jesus, and that's the hope we sung about that Ellen led us through, right? It's a hope of rescue. Remember we sang rescuer. It's a hope of rescue out of the brokenness of ourselves and this world. It's a hope of being loved by and connected to God himself. It's the hope of new life, even beyond death and new life now. So we want to see more people who intend to follow Jesus and become more like him in response. Now, in this little passage we read here, Jesus sets out some hows for us, some means by which we make disciples. He talks about baptizing and teaching. Now, baptism uh, is this sign Jesus gives us to declare that we're in. Uh, It expresses so much of the Christian faith and the Christian hope. If you think about what it pictures, there's this washing clean that's in baptism with the water, washing clean of all the wrongs we've done that Jesus has taken in our place. And then there's a sharing in Jesus' death, going down under the water, like Jesus went down into the grave. And there's the sharing in new life, coming up out of the water, like Jesus came up and out of the grave. And when we identify with Jesus like that in baptism, what it does is it, it joins us to his people, what he describes as his body, he speaks of us as, here on earth. So baptism means we belong in Jesus' family in Jesus' church. And then the second part he talks about here is teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. It's not just teaching so we can know stuff and pass some sort of heavenly test, you know. If you do your revision really hard and you get to those pearly gates and Peter says, what was Romans 5 verse 3? And you get the right answer and you're in. That's, that's, that's not the sort of teaching that Jesus is speaking about here. Jesus is speaking about teaching them to obey The teaching which results in change. Teaching which means we're becoming more like Jesus. Teaching which ultimately will see us obeying everything that he's commanded to us as we're fully and finally renewed through resurrection. But even now, this teaching begins to change our lives. So Jesus says we make disciples here really through belonging, through baptism, belonging in Jesus' family, and through becoming, through teaching people to obey, becoming more like Jesus. But there's there's another ing here too. 
uh, we make disciples by going. Uh, go and make disciples, Jesus says, or more literally, he says, as you are going, as you are going, make disciples. So we talk about having an everyone, everywhere, everyday mission. That's what we like to talk about as a church, a mission where everyone who calls themselves a follower of Jesus is a part of this call to make disciples, where that's our mission everywhere we find ourselves, so at home, with our neighbors, with our family, with our friends and our work, everywhere our lives take us as we are going. And we think the key to making that a reality rather than just a tagline is understanding that it's an everyday thing. It can be an everyday thing. See, it's often a long journey for people to come to believe in Jesus in our world today. And that means small steps, which take them a little closer, can be significant. They can matter. There are everyday things we can do which can help people become closer to Jesus. They're a part of making disciples as we go. Now here, uh, we use this acronym BLESSED. You see those first letters there? Uh, Begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, share, just to remind us of some of the things we can do, some of the small things we can do that help people move on in their journey. They give us some ideas to get started. We can begin with prayer, right? We can listen to where people are and find out more. We can eat with them to spend time casually and get deeper connected. We can serve them and pour our lives for them, showing them what difference Jesus has made to us, and uh, we can share what he's done in our lives, what he's doing in our world, how God um, still acts, as we talked about uh, a few weeks back. Now, the last thing we hang our hats on isn't spelled out right here, but it's implicit in Jesus' recipe, right? So if you make disciples as you are going by baptizing them and teaching them, do you know what will happen if you teach them to obey everything Jesus has commanded? Well, they also are going to go and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. That's, that's one of his commands. He just spelled it out for us. They pick up the command, and so multiplication is built into this. So that's why we say we exist to multiply disciples, to make disciples who will make disciples. That's our last big chunk of the vision as a church, committed to multiplication at every level so we can keep on making disciples, make disciples who make disciples and radically outgrow what we could possibly do as just one church Hope City. That's why we invest in training. That's why we have a focus on participation. That's why we invite people to step further and further into leadership at Hope City. And that's why we're committed to being a church that plants churches. Who will plant churches? Who will plant churches? That is what we're about. We exist to multiply disciples. And the four big chunks of how we pursue that, we talked about. Bless this as you are going mission belong, this baptizing and coming into a family, this become, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded, becoming more like Jesus, and multiplying, where we see more and more people join this mission. We're going to take a little time now to explore each of these in the next few minutes. And I know this is like an unusual structure, um, but it's going to be okay, and it's not all me talking. So let's start with the first step and bless. And if I can invite Carolyn to come and join me. Um, Carolyn is what we call our director for bless, which is a very mysterious title. Um, but what it really means is that she helps us keep the focus on advancing the mission in this area of having everyone reach out. So Carolyn, can you tell me why is this bless thing important? Oh, you need a microphone then before you can do that. Can you tell us why this blessed thing is important? Are there? So I think, as you've just said, Matt, uh, there's a very clear um, instruction in the verse that you've just read that we have to go. Um, And so bless is the the bit of our vision that uh, is all about going. And when we were first 
um, setting out on the Hope City journey, I was just so encouraged that we went back to scripture to think about um, how Jesus did things. Um, and I was also encouraged that we took a look at our kind of current contemporary cultural context uh, to understand how it is that people come to faith these days. Um, and what we see in um, uh, the stories of Jesus in the Bible is that he does all these things. You know, he prays, uh, he's a great listener, and he asks fantastic questions. He spends a lot of time eating with people. Um, he's got a servant heart um, for the people around him, uh, and he's great at sharing uh, stories, both his um, and stories uh, of uh, other people's lives. Um, and what kind of uh, really emerged from all of that thinking from uh, Matt and the team who were doing the thinking at the time was just how important relationships are. And each one of us sitting in this room, listening online, uh, has a really unique set of relationships. So mission for us is um, maybe uh, less just now about sending people out into the mission field in Africa or India or South America or China or wherever. It's more about the part that each of us play in the unique set of relationships that God has placed um, around us. And they are unique. So I think um, that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, if it's about all of us, we're all participating. So relationships, we're all participating. Everybody's on the pitch for this. Uh, nobody's on the sidelines or on the bench. Uh, we are all in there uh, participating. And I think finally, the thing that emerged out of the um, cultural context thinking is just how long and long and long and slow a journey this is in the UK that we currently call home. So we have to be prepared to persevere. Um, and we need each other to encourage us to do that. Uh, so those are the reasons that I think that BLESS is important. So that's kind of the, the, the theory behind it. Can you tell me a bit about the practice? Have you got any stories you can tell us of where this becomes real, what it actually looks like? So there's two things I want to do. I want to um, talk about our third Sundays. Um, so the third Sunday in the evening, we spent a little time thinking about BLESS. We're looking at what you told us in the recent survey and going to be spending a lot of time looking at testimonies and looking at practical tools that help us uh, get better at this because everybody's scared of doing it. I'm terrified of doing it. Uh, so we all need to practice and we all need uh, reminded of tools we can use. Um, but there's two uh, really lovely stories that I've heard which just illustrate how important um, the relationships are. Nobody else could have done this except the two people who are involved in these stories. So the first thing I want you to do is watch a little video um, of Tim Rose telling a story about something he did this summer. Um, so we played this game called Nine Square and like you hit this kind of volleyball around and it's really fun and everybody enjoys it. It helped me to invite my friend because we were just playing it and I said that I had found out how to play this on an SU day camp and he and I said well I was going on another one and he asked if he could come so I said he could. Well, I started by praying, and then we were exercising together, and then I shared my story. Well, you could pray that my friend would start following Christ, and you could pray that he would come on to another day camp or come on to church. 
So isn't that fabulous? We've got people um, starting out on their walk with Jesus and uh, thinking uh, just in the loveliest way about how they can take something practical that kids love doing, playing together, and that gives them an opportunity to share something about their faith. The second story I'd like to share with you is um, at, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, Elma, but at the other end of the um, age spectrum, uh, we heard a lovely story uh, about a conversation that Elma had over the summer. She was having uh, coffee with uh, a couple of friends, and one of them uh, turned to her and said, um, Elma, you're a Christian, uh, and how can the God that you believe in uh, you know, let children die and horrible things happen in the world? And Elma very, very wisely said, I don't know how to answer that question, but I can tell you how I became a Christian. I just love these stories. I always get emotional when I hear them. Um, I can tell you how I became a Christian. And she gave her testimony. So I just thought that was an amazing thing uh, to turn around a situation like that that could potentially have been uh, quite um, tricky to discuss and just to share her story about how she came to faith in Jesus. Now, None of us could have spoken to Elma's friend. None of us could have played with Tim's um, chums and introduced them to that game. So these are examples of how each of us uh, have just a unique set of relationships and we've got to be on the pitch um, and prepared to take these steps to help people on that journey to faith. That's really encouraging stories. And there are so many more of those stories too. I think one of the things that encourages me is how much we are living this out already. So one last thing, Carolyn, and we're going to have to go short. Um, can you give me one new thing you've been thinking about for the okay. year ahead? So um, Matt encouraged me to read this book um, over the summer. It's been really, really helpful. And one of the things that's really, really um, stood out for me in it has been the whole concept of merging your universes. So if I think about the friendship groups that Sam and I are in, uh, we might be the only Christians, and that gives um, all of our friends you know, ample scope to think, great for Sam and Carolyn, but none of the rest of us believe that, so, you know, you guys get on with it. Um, but if I merge my universes, if I start inviting my Christian friends along to um, at things at church, and they see the lives of other Christians, you know, fantastic people doing ordinary things, uh, just like them, trying to uh, get through life and work out what how we make sense of the world around us, then there's a whole plausibility thing that they they suddenly can't ignore. Uh, they can ignore it when it's just two of us um, in our whole friendship group. Uh, but when, actually, when they see lots and lots more people, uh, that makes it more difficult. So I've been challenged to think about how I can actually change my lifestyle so that I have opportunities to merge my universes. And when I started thinking about it, I thought, you know, there's loads of things I can, I can do. So Rebecca Green's got her Fresh Green Clean workshop next Saturday. Come along, learn how to make... Um, eco-friendly uh, cleaning products who what, what more could you want to do on a Saturday afternoon than think about cleaning um, <laughs> but that's been such an easy ask I've got five friends coming and some of them are, are Christians but uh, two of them aren't and uh, so that's a really easy thing to to do uh, we might think about doing um, a music event with John and Ellen and uh, some other musicians uh, we might think about uh, we can do Christmas parties again this year. So there's all sorts of ways that we can uh, merge our universes and just help uh, build that plausibility that actually Christianity is not for a bunch of weirdos. Thank you, Carolyn. So merge your universes. Look out for that coming up this year. Now, before we move on, we want to take a minute to pray together about being a church who live out this vision of sharing um, our hope through small steps. Sam is going to come and lead us together in prayer now.
Thanks. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for these uh, great encouragements uh, that you've given us um, for the application of the, the BLESS uh, ministry. Um, thank you for Carolyn for all the work that she's um, been doing and sharing. And thank you for Tim and Elma uh, for their stories, for their efforts uh, and their encouragements uh, for us all. We need those encouragements, Lord. Like Carolyn says, we're all pretty slow in getting to, getting our act together with um, sharing the gospel. But you have given us a unique uh, families and friends and these opportunities. So we just ask that you'd help us to uh, put them into practice, Lord, so that we can share the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Sam. Thank you, Carolyn. Um, that's our as you are going kind of mission, that go part. So let's dig in a little bit now to the belong side of things. Now, we've got a vacancy for a director to head up this. So if it's something close to your heart, if as we talk about it, you start getting the heebie-jeebies, then perhaps this is something for you. I'd love to talk to you. But Luke, one of our church leaders, is going to help us out with this one um, this morning. Thanks, Luke, for hand, uh, standing in in this area. So I just wanted to ask you, um, we say belonging, right? is a big thing at Hope City. What should it look like and feel like to belong here? What should that actually be like to be a part of the Hope City family? Um, <clears throat> Hi. This is um, Luke. <laughs> I'm Luke. Um, I've made some notes so that I don't waffle sort of for an hour and a half, so you'll be glad about that. Um, so, so one of the ways that, that I like to think about this is, is to ask myself, <clears throat> if I had a major crisis in my life, who would be the sort of top five people that I would call? Who are they? Um, and for me, genuinely, four out of five of those people would be Hope City people. Um, and that's not to say that that should be the same for all of us, but it's a wee indicator of where our family are. Um, and I think for me and for lots of us, the key to belonging is, is what Matt just said. It's that sense of family it's your it's your nearest and dearest your closest not necessarily not necessarily your biological family although they're important as well obviously but um yeah so so that sense of family i think is what belonging is about okay so can you tell us like a story or two where you've seen that sort of church as family be real mm -hmm. yeah totally so i think um maybe no names right well, <laughs> you're going to use names. He's going to use names. I'm going to use my own name. All right, you can um, use your own so name. So I can That's talk about I can talk about a situation uh, or an example from uh, my own life and and uh, my family as well. So I think uh, Dancy and I have experienced um, that sense of family here at Hope City uh, loads of times. But a specific example would be um, just Dancy. If you don't know her, she's not from Scotland. Um, the name is a slight giveaway there. So her family live very far away um, in Latvia. Um, my family are not so close. Um, and so for Dancy and I, Hope City really, truly is our family. We did a, a really big bit of work um, at our house a few years ago. And just, we had to move out because it was a massive job. And we got offers of places to stay, we got meals, people did our laundry for us. I don't know why we bothered moving back in, to be honest. But, <laughs> um, the, the, I mean, we were, it wasn't a crisis, it, wasn't, it was a good thing that was happening, but actually just people just got around us and said, these guys need a bit of help just now, and we felt so loved, and it really spoke to us 
um, of where, where we belong and who our family are. That's a really cool story. And we could tell you a lot more stories like that too. But what about the other end of the spectrum? We know that lots of people have um, begun being a part of Hope City in the last year. Yeah. What about if you don't feel like you're on the inside or in the family? If you feel like an outsider or you're stuck on the edge, what would you say to them? Um, so I think one of the challenges for us as a kind of growing family is that now, Matt spoke about this recently, it's basically impossible for any one person here to know and speak to and have kind of meaningful, deep relationships with every single other person that comes along, which is, which is great. Um, so if you feel on the fringes, I'd say a couple of things. Firstly, for those of us that, that come regularly, um, welcoming and befriending and building relationships is something that we can, we can all get involved in. You don't need to be best friends with everyone, um, but each of us can at least get alongside a couple of people. Um, or maybe lots, if you've got capacity for that sort of thing. So you say in there, if, if somebody wishes that somebody would reach out to them, right. they could be the person that looks out and reaches out to somebody else. Exactly. If you're, okay. feeling, if you're feeling that way, guaranteed there's somebody sitting close by who feels similarly. So yeah. there is a, there's a little bit of kind of stepping out of your comfort zone, really, and trying to connect with people, even if it's not maybe, you think it's maybe not your strong point. If you're feeling that, someone else will be feeling that. Um, so the other thing um, is if you do feel like you're on the fringes, just speak to someone. Pick somebody who looks like they've been here for a while. Give them a cake and you'll be <laughs> up and running in no time at all. Give them a cake. You heard it Instant here family. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Luke. All right. Cheers. Well, like we did with Bless, we're going to take a moment right now to pray together about being a church that lives out this vision of belonging, of being a family that cares. As I was thinking about the best way to do that, it struck me that it would make great sense for us to pray out loud together for this. Now, if this is not your thing, if that's just weird, it's cool. You just stay silent. Don't worry about it at all. We're glad you're here. But what I'm going to do is put this prayer up on screen. It's not too long. Have a quick read through so I'm not kind of spiking you with anything you don't want to pray. And then if you're cool with this, we'll pray this prayer together about being a family um, that welcomes people to belong. Let's pray this together. Ready? Father God, thank you that you have not just saved us, but called us your children and made us family together. Please help us at Hope City to live out this wonderful truth. We're sorry for the times we've undermined it by closing the door to others or choosing to withdraw ourselves. Help each one of us to seek and find meaningful connections within the church family. Help us to be honest and vulnerable, allowing others to love and care for us. Give us the compassion and strength to continue to bear one another's burdens. Let us find comfort and joy together through being family. Pour out your love in our hearts so much that it overflows towards one another. For your glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying that prayer. We want to see that realized. Now, as we're talking about family and care and belonging, we have to recognize alongside the joy and uh, the love and the care, there's a sadness that comes when a family parting happens too. 
And uh, this is the, the, the very last week that the Philpot family are going to be with us as they move back south. So we wanted to say um, just how much. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we wanted to say just how much we've enjoyed getting to know you and uh, to acknowledge our um, sadness at parting and to pray for and bless you as you head on your way. So I'm going to take a moment to pray for them just now. Father God, thank you so much for our friends who have become our friends, and uh, not just our friends, but our family. And uh, we thank you that parting is sorrow, um, because it means we love. And uh, so we pray you would bless them as they go, and uh, that you would grant them a new family um, that they would be united to and deeply a part of. Uh, Lord, please uh, go ahead of them and open that door for Jesus' sake. Amen. Family is coming and going, right? Um, we know it's, uh, it's always a bit like that. I'm conscious that Al is uh, going to be overseas uh, a bunch in the next few weeks as well. And uh, we'll keep praying for you and remembering you. Family is a complicated thing, right? It's joy and sorrow, but it's good. Now, that's a bunch of talking from the front and a bunch of me, blah, 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 which is no good, is it? So um, what we're going to do is going to give you two minutes just now. And I want to invite you to turn to the person next to you. And uh, I want to ask you if you can think of somewhere that you have seen this, either this bless or this belong aspect of our vision actually being lived out, or could you share how you think um, you could be a part of that being lived out more? I'm going to give you two minutes, and I'll draw us back together. So over to you. Let's go. Oh, how good and how precious when God's people come together as one family in one spirit sharing in one common life hey Follow Jesus, learning how to be like Him when we give ourselves for others. Only then we truly live. Come celebrate. Put your treasure in heaven above. God has riches beyond measure. My fairest will not destroy. Well, um, I'm going to give you another chance to talk a little bit later. I'm going to give you another chance to talk a little bit later, but. Um, 
What we've talked about so far is uh, how we exist to multiply disciples, and we bless. That means we take small steps to share our hope with the people around us, and we belong. We truly want to live out being a family, even though that comes with joys and sorrows. The next thing along in our list is that we become more like Jesus, and Joe serves as our director for Become. And so, Joe, a few questions for you as you lead us um, together to become more like Jesus. I wanted to know why Why is this a priority? Why does it matter? Why are we about this? Hey, Hope City. My name's Joe. I have very low-tech notes. Um, Thanks, Luke, for showing me out there. Um, So becoming more like Jesus, do you know, it totally follows on with that idea of family. So we are a family as a church, but we are also part of God's family. The Bible tells us that God is our father, that we are adopted, and that Jesus is our big brother. We are brothers and sisters of him. So as we are part of God's family... We grow up in the family likeness. As my own kids are growing up, I can see in some ways they're growing like me. In other ways, they're wonderfully growing very unlike me, which is great too. But in God's family, we look like we're growing up in the family likeness. We're growing to look like our big brother, our savior, and our rescuer, Jesus Christ. Um, It's also something the Bible tells us happens. Um, The Bible tells us, just like Carolyn said, the Bible tells us to grow up and it tells us to help each other to grow to become more like Jesus. It's good for us as we grow to become more like Jesus. We are growing more into our God-given wonderful identity. So it's good for us and it's good for those around us. The more we look like our big brother, our savior Jesus, the more we are doing all these other things that we've talked about of caring for others within our church family, blessing those around us who don't yet know Jesus. So it's good for us. It's good for those around us. The Bible tells us to, and it's family. That's a lot of reasons. So we definitely need to make this a priority. So then the question is, okay, so how do we think this actually happens? If we nod and we say, "Uh aha, what do we do? do? It's a really good question, and I've wrestled with that quite considerably. Um, I read a book this week. I read the first chapter of a book, so I'll wait and tell you whether you should read it once I've read the rest of it. Um, But it's called Can You Really Grow? And as a relatively short person, the the title appealed to me. Um, But it's not talking about physical growth. Mm. It's talking about growing to become more like Jesus. And I'm going to read you one sentence from it, that God is not our boss asking for our professional development to do his work. God's our father. He loves us and longs for us to grow up in the family likeness. So one way we do this is just by loving God more. As we're Christians, the Holy Spirit lives in us. However long we've trusted in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is helping us to grow up and become more like him. We look to Jesus. He's our model. He's our rescuer. And the more we know about him and love him and get to know him, actually the more we'll look like him. But I know, Matt, you like how-to steps. I like um, practical stuff. And there are, yeah. Practical stuff's important too. That stuff's, it's, it's there, it underpins it. I think that stuff's important because it means that the practical stuff doesn't become something we beat ourselves up about. It doesn't become something we think we have to do out of a sense of duty or a sense of I should do that. The practical steps become something that we, we just want to do. We want to do because we want, we want to grow up. So... There are a ton of practical stuff we can do. We can gather together on a Sunday morning. Let's face it, that helps us grow. We hope so. It does me. So um, We can connect more deeply with other people. So like Luke was talking about, as we belong, as we connect more within our church, we can talk more to each other. We can become more comfortable and safe with each other. And that allows us to talk, to be accountable, to challenge each other in an appropriate way. 
We can pray together. We can serve together. We can do a bunch of stuff. There's a whole load of ideas. Our Hope City website has a hopecityedinburgh.org slash how we grow. And collected there is an absolute ton of ideas and resources and things you can use to help you grow. And quick plug, if you have any brilliant ideas that aren't on there, please tell me and I'll add them. So, okay, that's a bunch of things we can do. What, what do you do, Joe? Oh, uh, yeah, well, I just kind of facilitate all of that. Um, mostly, it's about culture. It's about me advocating for this culture where we, where we grow, where that's talked about from the front, where that's talked about in our small groups. Um, that culture of authenticity that says we're all growing. We're all on a journey. This is not that there are some, like, super-duper leaders in church who've got this fixed. No. Um, we're all growing. We're all on a journey. And how can we with that sense of authenticity, facilitate us growing together. Um, also, nothing I do is facilitate spaces where we can go a bit deeper together. Um, so I help Kat um, as she puts together our small groups, so our evening small groups, our women's Bible study, um, hot off the press. We're ex- maybe going to explore some ideas for guys. So if you'd like to be part of that conversation, watch this space. Um, also, occasional things. We've got men's... Am I allowed to talk about these now? You can talk about these Excellent. now. Excellent. We've got men's and women's nights coming up, which is also super exciting. Um, and shout out to Natasha and also to John, who are helping out with the um, planning and preparation for that. Tuesday night, um, 26th of October for the women and 2nd of November for the men. We'll be thinking about... Um, we've done a few of these, thinking about a contemporary topic and how... That rubs up against our faith, how we can think about that topic from a Christian perspective, think about it with um, guys or girls, depending on who we are. Um, And just sometimes having those men's and women's specific stuff just can be a different space with a different, we can be a little bit more vulnerable sometimes in a um, single gender group. So there we go. Watch out for those. They're going to be cool. We're going to talk about loneliness. That's great. Um, can you perhaps give us just one really quick story? I just want one. I Do you prepared want two? three. Well, make them really... Uh, all right. Okay. Well, can one, you tell one us, of them's on my phone. Can you tell us three stories? Okay. Can you tell us three stories, please? You're Jeff? all right. But one quickly. of them's on my phone, and it's in my bag, and I forgot to bring it with me, so that's all right. Sorry, Ed. Your story's over there. Um, okay. Three really quick stories. That story's in the bag. <clears throat> Tim's going to, like, flash it to me or something. Right. Okay. So one fabulous story is um, our women's Bible studies, which have just become places where we get to know each other better, where we can be safe. Um, Honestly, Tim, don't worry, because I'll never find it in time. Okay. Thank you. That's very sweet. Um, Yeah. So women's Bible studies have been spaces where as groups of women, we can get to know each other. We can explore um, the Bible together. But they're also a space where we can share our lives and be honest and authentic with each other. And this term, we're looking in one of the women's groups at Big Story of the Bible. And it's just been wonderful to see jigsaw pieces falling into place as we explore the big story of the Bible. Um, Quick story from Ed um, about the book room. Shout out to the book room if you've been involved. Um, This year, the book room, this term, whatever, the book room have been looking at a fabulous book about transgender um, and looking at exploring this, again, another contemporary issue, but how we can, how knowing a bit more and knowing how to love people as individuals can really help us engage. And then my last story, have I got time for one? You can more? have a really last quick story. one. Okay, thank you. Um, actually, it's a personal one. This is me. Um, Sue, so, so I've now got the greatest showman in my head. Um, the 
on a Sunday morning just recently, Ellen, thank you so much for the reminder. We've been thinking about grace and just the wonderful gift um, that we are only able to do anything because we have grace and we fail and we fail and we fail, but we can pick ourselves up because God loves us and he extends his grace to us. And I've just been really struck afresh, and I've been a Christian for a really, really long time, and but struck just again by God's wonderful grace to us and that used a phrase with me, Matt, that I found really helpful, that it's not the gate, it's the road and the way by which we continue to develop. So I found just the teaching, the music has really helped me dwell again in just that amazing truth of God's grace that he extends to me. So keep coming on Sunday morning and that's what happens. So there's a brilliant selection of stories and many ways in which we can all continue to grow. Kat is going to come and lead us uh, in prayer for this aspect of our vision together now. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that part of your plan for us is to make us more like you. We thank you that it's not something we have to try to do on our own, but something that you are doing in us by your Holy Spirit. And as we think about ways in which we can grow and become more like Jesus, I pray that you will give us wisdom. Help us to love you more and see the beauty in becoming more like you. As we walk on this journey with you throughout our lives, I pray that you would help us to see this beauty more and more and delight in becoming more like you. Help us to walk alongside one another as we do this, to encourage and challenge one another, all the while trusting in you to bring your work to completion in us. I pray for Jo as she leads us at Hope City in this area. Thank you that she is willing to give up her time to do this and for her passion to see people at Hope City grow. Mm. I pray that you would give her wisdom as she considers new and different ways we can help one another grow in our relationship with you. And I pray that you would be at work through your word in the lives of every person here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, thank you, Kat. So we exist to multiply disciples. is our big tagline, and we talked about how we bless. We take small steps to share our hope. We belong, we give, and receive love in a family here. Uh, we become more intentional about growing more like Jesus through all these diverse ways. Finally, we multiply. So Dustin is going to join me now, who's our director for Multiply. I'm going to ask him just a few questions about this aspect of our vision. Why is um, this here? So why do we need the multiply step, right? What's missing if we just had bless, belong, and become? What doesn't happen without this last step? Yeah, I've been thinking about that idea. What, what happens if we don't have multiply? And I think maybe a helpful metaphor would be, um, it would kind of be like, hope so you would be a tree uh, that doesn't have any seeds. So a tree with, that doesn't have any seeds is a really good thing, right? It can provide shade. It can provide fruit even. It can provide lumber, a, a place to hang a swing. It could be a really great thing. But its impact is limited. It's limited lo to location. It can only be in one place. Yeah, it's also limited in its scope, its scale. At some point, that tree will no longer exist, and its impact will end at that point. Uh, and the same thing would be true of us as Hope City if we didn't multiply. If we didn't plant churches, our impact would be limited. We'd be limited to only the people that would come to South Gal, that we could get to come here to this location. But by planting churches, we can reach people all over Scotland and the borders and the highlands, all over the place. It would also be, also be limited by the, the type of people who fit in at a church like this. There's lots of different kinds of churches, lots of different styles of worship. There's lots of different ways that we can share our hope of Jesus with others. Uh, and, and we want to encourage 
people to do that in ways that connect with them. And we can help do that by planting churches. Uh, so the, I think the reality is Multiply exists so that we can share our hope with more people and have an exponential impact. Scotland needs the hope of Jesus. Currently, uh, the, the reality is that most people who are born in Scotland today, if something doesn't change, will never have a close friend who is a disciple of Jesus. We can be a part of changing that, having more people sharing that hope by multiplying churches, by planting more churches, uh, both in Edinburgh and, and throughout Scotland. The that sounds jazzy. This is the sort of thing that gets me really excited, this kind of exponential multiplication. But it sounds like that only applies to a few of us, really, right? What's this got to do with everyone else? Do they care? Should they care? Yeah, absolutely. So, so you may be thinking, okay, great, let's just multiply church planners. Uh, but it's not that simple. We need to multiply everywhere. If we're going to multiply churches, if we're going to plant lots of churches, uh, not just one church, uh, we need lots of people engaged in this, in this mission. Actually, we need all of us engaging in this mission. We need to multiply everywhere. We need more welcome teams. We need more slide operators. We need more people moving the cameras around on Sunday morning. But we need more people sharing their hope. We need to multiply everywhere. At every level of what we call our leadership path, we need more people serving on teams. We need more team leaders. We need to multiply um, ministry leaders and directors. We also need to multiply people like elders and Bible teachers. We need to multiply everywhere so that we can share this hope. Uh, so that means all of us need to be growing in our ability to serve Jesus through Hope City. If you would call Hope City your home, you should be growing in that ability, taking a further step in, thinking about what is my next step as a leader at Hope City. That's really cool. Now, one of the things we've done as a church is we've set ourselves the crazy goal of planting another church by 2023. Uh, it seemed like a slightly less crazy goal when we did that five years ago. Now it seems a bit mental. Um, but anyway, why would we have a goal like that, Dustin? What, yeah, who did this to us? <laughs> it wasn't him. It's okay. Yes, it wasn't me. I joined afterwards. Church planning rarely happens by accident, right? If you just look at most churches, most churches have never planted another church. They were planted at one point. Um, but then church planning stopped. It, church planning is hard. It's difficult. We're going to lose. Talk, talk about belonging. We're going to send more people. Um, the Philpots are moving down to England. They're going to share their hope in England. But as we multiply, we're going to share our hope, and, and we're going to be sending people out. That hurts relationally. I don't, I don't want my friends to not be at Hope City anymore. But that's going to be a reality. It's hard. It hurts. Uh, it, it takes more time, more energy, more of everything to plant churches. So if, if we don't set a date, the reality is we'll just keep saying, oh, we're going to do that one day. We're going to do that in the future. We're going to wait for the perfect time when we have too many leaders, which never happens. Um, when we have the per or when we have the person who comes along and says, I really want to plant a church. And then maybe we would do it. So by setting a date, it's a forcing function. It forces us not only to do it, but to get ready to do it. So it's changed the way we've thought about things. The reason we put the leadership path in place is we said, hey, we're planning a church in two years. We need more leaders. We need to think about how to develop people. We have a lot of really great teachers at Hope City, Bible teachers. But we want to send three or four Bible teachers out in 2023. We need more Bible teachers. So we're thinking about how do we get more Bible teachers? What's an appropriate path to train people to teach the Bible? It's changed how we think about the church, and it's made us better as a result. So I think not only is it um, a forcing function that makes us actually do it, even though it hurts, but it's also made us better in the process. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Dustin. Now, um, we've got a little treat here. We're going to pray for this aspect of our vision to come to fruition just now, too. Um, but Caleb, who some of you will know, served with us um, back at the beginning of our church planting journey, hoping to um, be on the path to returning to Scotland as a church planter, and his wife, Summer, they're going to lead us together in prayer now. So let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful 
that you have called us to be a part of your mission, that you invite us into what you are doing. We pray, Lord, that you would give us boldness to respond to that invitation. We ask for clarity on how we should respond, whether that would be by leading a team or joining a planting team, or that we would be more bold with the gospel in our friend groups and communities. We mourn over all the people in our city who do not know you, God. Would you stir in us a desire to share the good news of Jesus Christ with our neighbors? Provide us with opportunities to love them well. You tell us in Luke chapter 10 that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are, are few. So we pray that you would send more workers into the harvest. Lord, make us those workers. Place in us willing hearts to serve and follow where you lead. Remove from us all fear about sharing our faith, that we would leave this place empowered by the Holy Spirit, proclaiming the good news with confidence in our city. We know that you've called us to be a part of your mission to tell the world your good news. Thank you, Jesus, for Hope City and the energy, time, and resources that they've put into discovering how to do that best. Lord, bless them and bless the work that they're doing to multiply disciples. Bless Dustin and the whole Hope City team. Jesus, we ask that you would give them wisdom as to where to invest. We ask for success in the upcoming church plant in 2023 and that you would draw together a faithful team for that now. We thank you, Lord, for all the initiatives over, all over Scotland that have goals to church plant so that your name would be glorified and more people would join a community of faith. We know that from our standards, multiplication in the UK especially feels slow going. We ask that you would just remind churches of your eternal perspective and that you would refresh them to do this hard work. We ask all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, we hope to see Caleb and uh, Summer again soon. Um, but that's a bunch of talking from the front again. Thanks for putting up with it. I see most eyes are open. Well done, people. I want to give you two more minutes to turn the person next to you and to talk about um, these next two aspects of our vision. Can you think of somewhere... Um, you've actually seen this being lived out, or can you share how you think you as an individual or we as a church should do better at living this out? So just two minutes, and I'll draw us back together after that. Oh, can you hear it now? The song of eternity calling from heaven's throne, welcoming family from east to west, from home to home, in his presence we are known, oh can you hear it now, many voices as one we sing, may we be one as you are one. One with the Father, Spirit, and Son. We are your church, scattered and gathered, raising our voices in
I feel, I feel really sad turning off that song. I think that was an amazing piece of work, so thank you to the team who put that one together. Um, thanks so much for bearing with us this morning as we've spent time considering our vision as a church. I know it's been a very different morning. We won't do this to you every week, don't worry, but it is really important to us that we hold on to and that we seek more and more to live out this vision as a church. You know, we do this because we want to keep talking about our vision because vision leaks it drains away. It's like sand that slips through your fingers, and we forget what we're doing. But we also want to focus on vision this morning because we really do want to see this happen. We don't want it just to be words and ideas. And the way it happens is by all of us choosing to be a part of making this real, choosing to live it out, choosing to take one step deeper into it, responding. We started this morning with our songs about God's grace and his value and his love towards us. We respond to God's free grace and wonderful love by giving ourselves back to him. We make his cause our cause. Now, maybe you're just checking us out this morning, in which case you got the full dump and this is everything, no more secrets, uh, nothing else you should find out. Um, maybe you're just not ready today to take another step, right? Maybe your life uh, is up to here just now, and you just need to stay alive. That is no problem at all. But we hope many of you, as you hear these ideas, want to say, yeah, I'm in. That's what I thought church was about. That's what I want to do. And what I want to do with these last few minutes is give you some specific ways then you could choose to say yes and take another step into this vision. Maybe one of these will be right for you. Maybe you're like, that's it. Maybe one of them will just spur an idea for something else and something better. So let me give you some ideas for how you could take a step further into this. Perhaps, perhaps you could merge your universes like Carolyn was talking about. Find somewhere to connect friends who don't know Jesus yet with friends who do. Perhaps you could join us for our evening gatherings for the first time and invest in going deeper and becoming more like Jesus. Perhaps you could notice a need in the church family around you and take the initiative in serving that with practical love. Perhaps you could, you could see the potential in somebody else around your church and call them to step up and use that. Perhaps you could be more disciplined for praying for people in one of your spheres of influence that they would come closer to Jesus see how God answers. Perhaps you could start a new habit, taking just a few minutes each day to reflect on God's grace. Perhaps you could seek out someone you find harder to talk to after church, and you could get, listen and give them time and attention, choose to do that. Perhaps you could decide to pray every day for a while that God would send out more workers into his harvest field and do that here. Perhaps you could show hospitality once a week, just choose to eat with friends when you would have eaten alone. Perhaps you could um, deepen a relationship with a Christian friend. Meet up. Ask them some big God questions rather than small how was your week questions. Perhaps you could invite someone you don't yet know in church over for lunch next Sunday. Perhaps you could take the plunge and set your course towards going part-time so you can step further into God's mission. Perhaps you could gulp and choose to serve your friends when everything in you says, no, I'm too busy, I don't have time, and see how God uses that. Perhaps you could... Try out a new spiritual discipline. Maybe it's fasting or silence or giving or journaling or reading. Perhaps you could pray for the needs of one church friend all week and see what God does with that. 
You could let them know you're praying. The Apostle Paul does that, so it's all right. Um, Perhaps you could take the gifts you've used in the workplace, and you could spend some time thinking about how they could live and serve in God's mission. Perhaps you could be brave enough this week to share a story where you would have kept your mouth shut normally. Perhaps you could actually read one of those Christian books you've piled up in your library and you've been saving for when you have time. Perhaps you could offer to lead a team here. We need more people to lead more teams. Don't just be part of it. Perhaps you could open up more and be more vulnerable and real about how things are really going in your life when somebody asks. Is there something here for you? Is there something that you could say yes to this week? Is there something like this that you could take one step further into? You get just a few seconds to reflect while I invite Ellen and the team to come back and uh, the band get ready. How good it is when brothers come together and dwell in unity. Um, We've got a lot to celebrate for those stories that we've heard and shared and the potential that this has um, for these things um, that we're thinking of and that we will bless other people with and have already happened. And so for for this closing bit of worship, I hope that we can join together and and celebrate these things, um, celebrate the good things that, um, that is happening in in our church family and in our own families and in our networks. Um, And then also um, use this as as a prayer um, to to get to know Jesus more, to become more like Jesus, for him to to shape our hearts and to bring him and his light into into our worlds um, as as we have in us. So so yeah, can I invite you um, to stand and um, let's close um, with these songs.